Um, but I do have a desire to, to read. I do have a desire to know and, and do some studying and, and check things out. I'm not always right about everything. Um, but at the same time, like I said, there, there are many speculations as to what this could be. So uh, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll look at, at what's here. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and, and uh, just ask God that you guide and direct through it. Pray that you'd be glorified and honored in, in all things. And uh, just thank you, Lord, for being able to be here. And uh, thank you for our church. Thank you for our pastor. We do ask that you would... Uh, be with he, him and his family, Lord. Pray that uh, you would bring him home safe to us. Uh, but, Lord, now as we look at this, as like I said, we're not, trying to, um, we're not trying to tell anyone exactly what's going on here with Paul. We're just going to look at uh, maybe a different, different sides of it or just some thoughts on it. So I pray, God, that you would bless this time that we have together in your word. And, we pray and ask in Christ's name. Amen. Um, just to read uh, verses uh, 7, 8, and 9, uh, Paul says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, a lot of people have speculated that because of what happened on the road to Damascus, and <clears throat> Paul being uh, basically blinded for some time and, and having difficulty there, that this surely he, he is referring to his eyesight. Uh, I've read where some people think he had uh, epileptic seizures. You know, uh, just different, different other things that, uh, to me, in a lot of ways, just didn't fit with what was being said. And um, just a just a few notes, and this this was my. And like I said, uh, in no way am I trying to even, you know, talk about what uh, what Paul, anybody, myself, what Paul meant here about this thorn in the flesh. But there are some things that pop out to me, and there's there's uh, things that lest I should be exalted above measure. Um, it seems to be talking about maybe pride, being lifted up. Um, and he says, through the abundance of revelations. Paul had the privilege to uh, see things and hear things that I, I'm not sure anyone else uh, had, had the privilege of being in that position, you know, um, so it's, it's stuff like that. And then it said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. So you think thorn, okay? Uh, think of something that is pointy, sticky, uh, sticks in your flesh. Uh, it hurts. It's irritating. If you've ever had a splinter in your hand, foot, whatever, and I'm sure it's 
depends on maybe your job, whatever your job might be. You might get a lot of splinters if you're a carpenter or something. If you were a child growing up, you probably got plenty of splinters. So you know that feeling. You know, you know that what that what he's talking about there. Maybe just when he say just thorn in the flesh. Um, he says the messenger of Satan to buffet me. So. You know, when you see messenger, it's something, you know, that was sent direct, that was sent to Paul. It was given to Paul. Uh, Satan can't do anything to us unless God gives permission. You can, you can go back and you can read uh, the uh, first chapter of, of uh, Job where he was assaulted and basically... Um, he had, God gave him permission to do whatever he wanted to to Job physically, but he couldn't kill him. Only God has the right to take our life. Satan does not have that right. But he can be given the opportunity to be a thorn in our flesh. He can be given the opportunity to buffet us. When I think of buffet, as I looked at checked it out, you know, you're, you're thinking of Someone who's slapped, punched, and immediately I thought of when Christ was uh, was there and, 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 and he was going through the, the, taunt, the treatment of the soldiers slapping him. And, and uh, even with words, they buffeted him. They were, they were you know, just name-calling, and, but they physically handled him. And again, Paul was physically handled too. Uh, of a lot of people. And he says, lest I, again, and he, again, he emphasizes, lest I should be exalted above measure. Mentioned twice in that one, in that, that verse. Um, so it, it lets you know that, okay, this, this is, this is important. And again, to be exalted to, above measure uh, tells me again that this could, this could be uh, something of, of pride. Um, but then again, he, and he says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, three times, that it might depart from me. But Paul didn't, it, you know, it doesn't seem to appear to me that Paul asked for healing. If he had some kind of a disease, if he had something physical like that going on, uh, it seemed like he would have said it in a different way, asked for healing. Not necessarily. These are just thoughts, Okay. Um, but he didn't ask for healing from what you see in the scripture. He asked that this thing would, would depart from him, would leave him. Uh, so what, what I was seeing is, you know, the language being used here by Paul, and twice he spoke of being exalted above measure, uh, and the use of a thorn in the flesh, and then the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Those things really attracted my attention, and... If we could just go to, we're in chapter 12, so if we go to verse 1, just to get, uh, we're going to try and get a background here of some things that will hopefully, you know, lead us to those, these verses that we're talking about. But it says, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether... Uh, Excuse me. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. 
such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it's not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. So there was a potential here because of Paul's relationship with the Lord, because of this being taken up to the third heaven, and the fact that he mentions that he will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Uh, Again, to give maybe a, a little bit of a background that, that brought us to this, um, I, I took a little bit of time and looked up some examples in Scripture of a thorn and how it was used in Scripture. Now, speaking of thorn figuratively, I, I, I saw where if it's being used figuratively, uh, it could be speaking of bodily annoyances or disabilities. So in both, in, in both cases, we, we could see where it is possible that Paul was talking about a, a physical ailment of some sort, possibly, a, a, dis, a disability that hindered him in some way, or an, something that was annoying him, okay? And we'll, we'll see that in, in a few minutes here. We'll see where that could possibly be, too, um, but there are examples in Scripture of, of a thorn uh, in the flesh. And if you'll just bear with me, uh, I found, and I didn't write these things out because, uh, well, to be honest with you, I have trouble writing longhand anymore. So it's, uh, I just try and make quick little notes. But in Numbers 33, and you look at verse uh, 51, And we're going to read from 51 to 55. The law, of the, you know, it, it speaks unto the children of Israel and uh, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and, and quick pluck down all their high places. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. And ye shall divide the land by lot for an inheritance among your families. And to the more yet shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer ye shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers ye shall inherit. Now, here it says in verse 55, but if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which are let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. So we see uh, an example of thorn in the flesh, but not necessarily physically in our flesh. 
uh, again, we see in, uh, in Joshua 23, uh, which way I'm going, uh, Joshua 23, verse 13, we'll see another, we'll see another uh, example of this. That I, all I want to do is just kind of give you an idea of, of this. Uh, 20, uh, Joshua 23, verse 13 says, Know for certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. So again, we see an example of the use of the word thorn being used in, in the flesh sense. Here, uh, thorns in your eyes. Uh, again, we, we can jump over to uh, Judges and uh, chapter 2. Verse 3, Judges 2, verse 3, we see, Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. Again, we see an example of the word thorn being used in Scripture. And then, uh, let's see, we jump over to Ezekiel. Well, let's see. Ezekiel, let's do. Go to Ezekiel 2. Well, I'll get there in a minute. <laughs> I have a, basically, it's a, a new Bible, and I'm still trying to get used to turning the pages and everything. But uh, Ezekiel 2. Uh, verses 5 and 6, if I wrote it down correctly. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are rebellious, a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with them, and thou Thus dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. So again, we see uh, uh, another use of thorns, and uh, interesting to see the use of among scorpions, because scorpions have this tail that, that stings and be, can be irritating just as much as a thorn in the flesh can be. Okay, uh, if we go to Ezekiel 28:24, Ezekiel 28:24, it says, "And there shall be no more a pricking briar unto the house of Israel, nor any grieving thorn of all that are round about them, that despise them, and they shall know that I am the Lord God." So, here again, it it made it. Uh, It made me think, okay, this could, maybe this is something besides um, a physical ailment or a physical disability. So if you would go back and, and look at some things, um, Paul, uh, I hope I write, brought my note. <laughs> um, 
you kind of you wonder what's going on. So I'm trying to get at. Okay, I'm sorry for taking uh, that time. But what was going on up to this point? Okay, and from what I was reading, uh, Paul knew of divisions. Okay, uh, I see my notes here. Paul knew of divisions that had formed within uh, the church in Corinth, and he. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 1.11, he, he addressed that. So he knew that there were issues there. Um, that was a, uh, Corinth was, a, was the uh, scene of where there were, um, there was a situation where uh, there was an immoral relationship uh, going on there that Paul had to address uh, because the, the uh, folks at, at Corinth they were not addressing it. They, they weren't handling it. So it was just being sort of pushed out of the way, shoved on the table. And uh, they didn't either didn't know how to deal with it, didn't want to deal with it, didn't want to cause any issues or problems. But it was a situation that, that Paul was addressing. So he knew, knew of that. He knew of, of, uh, of divisions, of factions that were going on. There were, there were people who, um, you know, said, I am of Paul and I'm of Cephas who... Who was uh, Peter, uh, and and uh, I'm of Apollos. So there were there were there were divisions that were actually following men, okay, and not not Christ, not not uh, the the leader of not the pastor of that church or anything else. But they were following. They broke up into groups. They were following men, and and Paul addressed that. And so he knew that there were things, and there was a lot of other things going on. He knew of, of such uh, things going on, and he had to deal with that. But also what was going on, and he addresses in the, the second letter to the uh, Corinthian church, you see in Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 13 through 15, the, uh, there was a warning. He was given a warning against false apostles, false teachers. He said, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So he was dealing with this situation. But he had people that were, these, these folks were harassing him. These folks were there, and if you read, if you look at it, they could have easily been a thorn in his flesh. Uh, these were people, you know, that tried to discredit Paul, and uh, they had there were accusations against Paul that they were they were giving there. Um, they accused Paul of uh, walking according to the flesh, as we see in in chapter one, verse twelve, and verse seventeen, and then in ten two. He was accused of being deceitful. Uh, in chapter 2, verse 17, and chapter 4, 2, and then chapter 12, 16. Uh, uh, he, he was accused of intimidating uh, the church with his letters. Uh, we see in uh, 10, 9, and that's an interesting one there. Um, if I can read it with you. Uh, yeah, he says, For though I should boast somewhat uh, uh, more of our authority which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your destruction. Uh, so Paul was telling him, you know, 
I'm, the power that I have, the authority that I've been given, it is for your edification. It's, it's, I'm, I'm to use it to lift you up. Whereas others were basically causing problems and, and uh, situations that were tearing the church apart. Uh, uh, so he was trying to tell them that, uh, that he's not ashamed of the power that he's been given. Paul was defending his authority. He was defending his apostleship that was given to him. But he says, he says that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. For his letters say they, and these are the people that are making these accusations, for his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Um, they were, they were trying to tear Paul down, trying to make him look bad and, and ruin his reputation and get these people, you know, to lose any trust in him. So he was battling, before we see in chapter 12 these verses, he was battling these people. He was battling the, the doubts of, the, of the, uh, the church at Corinth. So he had a lot of issues to deal with, and he was basically standing up for his rights as an apostle and letting these people know that he had the authority. These other folks, he mentions elsewhere, that he didn't basically, he didn't need a letter of, although letters came later, but at this particular time, these other folks were apparently writing letters of recommendation for themselves to each other and using them to get into church and, and stuff where basically Paul said, you know, they, he didn't really need to do that, okay? But they were in order to get in to deceive the people. Um, he, he was uh, accused of unjustly mistreating uh, someone to the point of, of ruining that person, as you see in uh, verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 2. But these, like I said, these accusations, they, they raised doubts in the minds, of the Corinthians about his integrity. And, and Paul, so Paul wrote uh, 2 Corinthians basically out of his concern for the church. He had to correct things. He had to take a stand. Um, basically, he wanted, to give them, he wanted to give them further instructions uh, concerning the repent, repentant offender that I mentioned earlier about uh, the immoral uh, situation that was going on there. And you'll see that in in um, uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 5 through 11, but as well as uh, about, he wanted to offer them uh, advice on that. Also, if you remember, he's talking about the collection for the poor saints in Jerusalem. So there were a lot of issues still that he had to address with them and wanted to deal with them, but these things that were going on here were creating problems. And again, like I said they were they were... They were making him look like a dishonest person after everything that he had done, after everything that he, you know, uh, helped get this church going and built and, and everything that he invested in it. But let's see if I can find it. Here's how Paul felt, okay, about this church. He said, would, chapter 11, the first part, would, you, would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, 
For I have espoused you to one husband, that, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You know, these other people that were causing problems, they didn't care about the people at the church. They were looking for their, their own benefits from this. They were seeing what they could get out of it. Paul had his life and his ministry invested in this church, in these people. So he was going to take a stand, and even if it meant, and he did, a, a, you know, to some degree, even if it meant that he had to do some boasting about who he was. And he did that, okay? He did that. But, but, but man, probably, probably uh, Paul's main purpose for writing uh, the second letter was to defend his ministry like we were talking about. Uh, his opponents there, they, uh, they, they were false uh, apostles. Uh, they, they were uh, uh, severely attacking him verbally. And, and again, there may have been, there may have been some physical altercations. I don't know. Uh, but um, he needed to set things straight with these people. So he did some boasting. They were boasting about themselves, who they were and what they were doing and, and everything. So he had to do a little boasting. And, he's, and he sort of a forced situation here that he had to do this. But if you, if you were to look, and we're not going to take the time because we are running out of time. But if you were to look at uh, chapter 11 and, and start about uh, verse 16 on, uh, you'll, you'll see where Paul starts to boast. He said, I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise yet as a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. Uh, that which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. And he said, seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. Uh, for ye suffer fools gladly, see ye suffer yourselves as wise. So they were putting up with these guys and allowing them to say and do what they were saying and doing. Uh, but if you were to jump over to verse 22, he really, he really uh, nails them there. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Paul had the credentials, okay? Uh, he basically had the credentials before he became Paul, when he was still Saul. Uh, but he never really boasted about that so much. He never threw that up to anybody. But now he, he felt it was necessary to boast. And he didn't want to uh, appear to be foolish about it. But he goes on to say, and, 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 and this, is, this is Paul, which these, these men, they couldn't, they couldn't stand up in the same room with Paul after this. He goes on to say, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Them. <laughs> false. 
in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And Corinth was one of those churches that he took care of. And that's why he's making this stand. Who is weak? And I am not weak. It's a question. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under Eretus, the king kept the city of Damascusines with a garrison desirous to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. They couldn't hold a candle to Paul, but they were acting like they could, is, is, is what it's kind of boiling down to. And Paul had to, you know, he had to take a stand. He, and, and then he went in and told him about the vision and being taken to the third heaven and uh, hearing and seeing things that he had not a right to, to share and talk about. But when he comes to, well, let's just say, let's go back in verse 4 and 12. He says, uh, of such a one I will glory, yet of myself I will not glory. He's not going to glory in himself, but he will glory of, of, of God. He will glory in Christ. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me. He didn't want them to think that he was more than what he was. Really, he didn't want them to think that he was less than what he was. But he said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. He says, for this thing I besought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, Paul. I can see how and I can see why that whatever specifically was being talked about here concerning Paul was not outrightly mentioned, you know. Because we can take this, I think every one of us in here, we can take this and say, now we, maybe you're, I know that I'm not, I'm not under any persecution of others because I'm a witness for for Christ, that day may come, or not. Uh, but Paul was. Paul was being attacked from every side by everyone, you know, on on all bases. Okay, and he had to deal with that. And I'm sure, 
like most of us in our flesh, I'm sure he got weary and tired of whatever this thorn was. And this thorn may very well have been those persecutors that were around him constantly. Everywhere he went, you know, he, he, he had opponents. Everywhere he went, he had opposition. He went up against the wall of, of doubters and scorners. Uh, even, you know, to the, to the very highest in the synagogues and such. He, he was constantly defending the gospel, constantly defending the Lord, and he was being attacked for it. Again, whether this was a physical ailment or disability, I don't know. Nobody can say, nobody shouldn't say, but it's, it's something that I believe that you and I can take. even though we're not being physically or anything or verbally maybe persecuted the way he was. And then this needed to be done. God, Paul may have had a problem with the pride of, of all this stuff happening and, and doing a little bit of boasting that, that God may have allowed something to come into his life, a, a thorn of some sort, to keep him humble, to keep him close to God, to keep him from exalting, of being exalted above measure, uh, to allow him to be the witness that he was meant to be. And, and you and I can see out of all the apostles, it seems like Paul, in Scripture, it seems like Paul was hit the hardest, so we've got to quit. Um, but this is something I think that, that we all can carry with us. He prayed three times, God didn't take it away. Maybe there's something in our life that we've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed about for God to remove. And God has chosen not to. So our attitude should be Paul's, you know. Um, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And all of this, I think, that sums it up. Whatever we might be going through, whatever situation, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the situation, if there's a thorn in our flesh that we're having issues with. When I got, when I got saved, God took away a lot of things, took away a lot of desires. There are some things that God decided, you know, His... He decided to leave in my life that I had to deal with for all these years, okay? And there's a good possibility I'm not the only one here that's had that happen. God needs to leave something in your life that you're struggling with so that you will lean more on Him, okay? That's why it's there for you to learn to be humble and to lean more on him for his grace. Because when we're weak, that's when we're most vulnerable. Well, I'll take that back. I'll be honest with you. We can have a, on a mountaintop experience, and we, th- and we think, oh, boy, you know, uh, things are good. That's when you need to watch out. Because... <clears throat> because you're distracted 
by the mountaintop experience. And that's when Satan can easily come in and just knock you right off of your feet. And you're going to go, whoa, what happened? You know, I just had this glorious thing, and bam. Pride, humility. God needs to bring that in, take care of the pride, bring about the humility, make us more dependent, leaning on Him every day. There's some days, and I'm sure you have them too. There's some days where it's like, I feel like I'm just in a tornado whirlwind. That it's just, you know, is anything going to go right? Am I, you know, whatever. I'm sure you have those days too. Uh, But that's when we need to stop and realize, okay, things are happening. Let's take one thing at a time or whatever. And let's, you know, look at it in the light of God's word. Let's ask him for his grace. Let's ask him for mercy. Let's ask him for for strength uh, so that we can move on and so we can grow and that we can, you know, move forward and, uh, you know, become more mature in Christ. So uh, I hope that kind of helped you a little bit. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't want to make, make you think that I was giving you an answer because nobody else can give you an answer, okay? I, di- I didn't want you to think that I was trying to do it. What I was trying to do, which probably didn't explain it very well, I was just trying to give you a thought pattern, which probably all of you do when you read the Bible. So you come across something, you start thinking, you start asking questions, you start wondering what's this, what's that. You know. So just a thought pattern that was there. Uh, occasionally I go back to it and look at it, and it kind of you know helps you a little bit get through some things. But thanks for, uh, thanks for being patient with me. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this time. And, and uh, Father, I just pray that you'd uh, be with our service to follow. Just praying and ask you to be glorified in everything. And, and uh, Lord, just speak to our hearts. And we love you. Thank you for all that you do for us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.